This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. My name is Jamie Whittington and today I'm joined again by Lee Finch and also here with us is Back to Plough Lane Matchday programme editor, journalist, Football League World and most importantly, Wimbledon fan, Chris Thorpe. How are we doing, fellas? Yeah, really good, Jamie. Good to be here, mate. Good, thanks, Jamie. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Do you have a good week? Other than the football, it's been okay. Yeah, it's been all right. Not too bad. Not too bad. I suppose we better um, we better start by uh, discussing the football from the past seven days. Oh, do we have to? Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Gillingham, Lee, what do you reckon? Um, um, Gillingham, we played well. I think it was the best performance out of the four. So Rochdale, Gillingham, Barrow, and Crawley. I thought Gillingham, we played all right. I thought we did did okay. I don't think we deserve to lose the game. Uh, I, I think a draw was would have been the right result. Uh, but other than the pig, we don't look like scoring in that game either. So we're struggling at the moment with with goals. Uh, but yeah, Gillian and we played all right. I just yeah, they just had a bit too much for us really. So that was the best best game we played out of them four. I don't know what you think, Chris. Yeah, no, totally agree with you, Lee. To be fair. Um... I think we, we were really pushing to to get the score to 2-2, but ultimately we just couldn't break them down. And I think we had the same problems against Crawley, really. They they defended with two banks of four and um, made it really tough for us. Um, yeah, I just feel like we're la- lacking that cutting edge, really. And I think I think the players would uh, admit the same as well. And as Glenn mentioned on, on, on Sunday, we had 26 crosses and we, we just weren't, weren't kind of getting any chances from them, really. Yes. I feel that, um, sorry Lee, I feel that um, I agree with you Lee, I agree that the Gillingham game was probably the best performance of the three, we had chances to go ahead at 1-1, we had chances to level uh, at 2-1, um, but is it poor defending again that's costing us, you know, switching off, we didn't, we switched off, uh, we weren't switched on from the start uh, against Gillingham, obviously we conceded in the first couple of minutes, Um and then a free header for the second goal. We we seem to keep on having lapses of concentration in these games, and are they costing us? See, I think that's that's our downfall all season at the moment. We we take a lead, and then straight away we usually concede, and it's all coming from individual errors. So Crawley again, it was an individual error that that conceded them goals. Barrow they hit the post again. That was an individual error that allowed them to go through on goal and, and, and hit the post. Uh, and again was individual errors and I think it's the tower of our season so far is that we're making individual errors at the back and I think that's coming from not having a solid back four or back three whatever it is we keep changing it every week so one minute Will was out the door now he's playing Hennigan comes in he's playing then he's not playing uh, Paul Kay 
He played, I think, 90 minutes out of the last four games. Then he's dropped, not playing. Uh, the, the only two we have at the moment is the two win-backs that uh, are solid. Uh, and moving on to Barrow, if you don't mind, boys, is that my thing with Barrow that really annoyed me is that Nestor Guinness-Walker didn't really show much. He's not been in the team uh, and he's out of the team. And I just didn't get why we didn't mix it up a little bit more. Uh, I've got three names here that Rosgrove, Robinson and Osu. Why, why were they not in the squad? Uh, if Robinson's injured, which rumours are that he is, then why have we not been told that? Uh, Osu would have been a great little outlet. And, and why are we not taking kids up to Barrow? We discussed it last week, Jay, that the FA Cup can take a backward step this season because fans are not allowed in. So if you get a big cup tie in the third round, we're not going to be there. So it's not that end of the world. So why are we not, if, if they say, look, we're going to mix up the team for Barrow, hopefully get through. If we lose, then we can rest and rest players for Peterborough. Again, I don't know what you boys feel, but I think we should have mixed up the team much better than we did. Well, it seems that there's a sort of base of 18, 16, 17, 18 players that he's choosing from. Osu's doesn't get a look in. Ross Grow's not getting a look in. Uh, Robinson. I agree with you that Barrow would have been the perfect opportunity to go, go on, mate, um, make a name for yourself. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's those fringe players, like I just mentioned, just where are they? Like Roscoe, I haven't seen, apparently he was warming up against Crawley on Sunday, but he wasn't in the matchday squad. Um, you know, what's going on? Where, where is Adam Roscoe? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it baffles me. It baffles me. Um, and Crawley, I mean, Barrow was awful. It was dire. We started really strongly. I thought, here we go. Uh, we had three or four really good chances in the first five minutes. Uh, and then would dire for the rest of it. Um, Crawley, probably the worst I've seen us play all season. Crawley were great value for the win. Um, as soon as we scored, there was only one team that were going to win it. Um, more poor defending. Midfield can't tackle. Um, just no fight whatsoever. Um, it was embarrassing, really. I know I said last week that I wanted to prioritise the um, the league over the cup, but when you see a performance like that, whatever competition it is, is in, it's really disheartening, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And again, like going back to Barrow, Roscoe would have been perfect for that game, I think. And also, I don't get why we don't take a couple of kids with us go up there. We've got Frimpong, who's, who looks good in the youth. Just bring him along. We don't need to take the squad that we had up to Barrow. And then moving on to Crawley, I'm really, really angry and pissed with Glenn Hodges here because he his like-for-like like subs every game. You're losing 2-1 in the cup. We had one striker on the bench. So why are we taking off uh, Palmer and bringing on Longman? And then he takes off Chislett and brings on Rudoni. And then he takes off McLaughlin and brings on Alexander. They're like for like. They're not going to change the game. There's no different change of formation. There's not putting three up front, four up front to go win that game. Uh, and then it's just things like that that are really, really annoying me with Glenn and, his, and the way they play. We did not look like the League One team against Crawley. Uh, and Palmer plays 60 minutes against Barrow. And then he starts him again on Saturday. And, and why did he bring on Pig against Barrow? Why did he bring on Seddon against Barrow? Just play some of these these teams are just off the cusp of the team. I don't know, again, Chris, I thought you were there on Sunday, so you might have a better idea than us of what he was saying or what the message was to get across to the players. I think really, um, we weren't really, 
we weren't penetrating them enough. I mean, honestly, we, you know, you know, we we know how you know us three talking here. We know how how we like to attack, and that's usually using our our wing backs and getting down the wing and and putting crosses in. Um, unfortunately, when we do that a lot, we can become a little bit predictable, and we need that plan B and. I don't think that we we really showed that we had a plan B against Crawley. Um, but yeah, overall, maybe it was a game too far for us, but um, I don't think we should use tiredness as an excuse too much. And I don't think the players would want to either. Um, but yeah, it was it was frustrating, like you say. See, yeah, I totally agree. Another thing that frustrated me again is that we had Palmer on, Palmer on the team against Crawley and we didn't put one real cross into the box. We take, we try and play it through the middle. We take Palmer off for Longman, and then we start smashing balls into the box. It's just, it doesn't make sense. You you put balls in the box for Palmer, and then you play through balls to Longman. But we were playing it different way round, and it's just baffling sometimes when you see that. And again, I don't think you can use tiredness as an excuse at all. If we have a twenty-man squad, but we're not using four of them players, Osu would have been perfect. Osu would have been perfect for a game like that. Uh, I, I think he'd have been perfect for Barrow as well. You can play him as a left winger or a left back. You can put NGW into left wing. and, and But it's baffling that he's not now anywhere near that squad. Just going back to uh, Oli Palmer, obviously, from what I've seen, he's been getting a lot of stick from Wimbledon fans. He's been the butt of jokes from the official Crawley Town Twitter. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Obviously, I have my own, but See, I again, I think he's been getting the butt of the jokes from Crawley fans is because of what he said after the Barrow game. There's a little gif I see the other day, and I thought it was quite funny, actually, from Crawley fans. Uh, they He said, oh, I can't wait for like, Crawley. Or something. He said something about, oh, yeah, wait till, we, till, wait till I see Crawley. I'd be taking the mick out of him as well because he was awful against Crawley. Apparently, he's not fully fit yet, uh, which, again, I find baffling. Uh, it looks like he's carrying a little bit extra, extra weight. Uh, and if... I don't see him as being any better than Adam Rosgrove at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I mean, from what I've seen of him properly, I've only really seen him, apart from the old cameo appearance in previous weeks, very Tyrone Barnett-esque performances, uh, which is obviously worrying, uh, seeing how shit Tyrone Barnett was. For me. <laughs> yeah. um, something about Crawley, ex-Crawley strikers coming to Wimbledon. Uh, are we, uh... Uh, I was excited, gone. Sorry, mate. Sorry, just cut. But we yeah. not. I know what you're saying. Are we not playing to his strengths then? It, well, I, I was really excited to see what Piggott and uh, Palmer would look like up front together because when you look at the season we stayed up on the last day at Bradford, when Hanson was fit, you know, very similar striker to Ollie Palmer, big lump up front, winning headers and stuff. Uh, that allowed Piggott had his best goal scoring um, return for us that year and was doing great things in front of goal. It kind of he let Hanson do all the donkey work uh, and he just focused on getting in good positions and scoring goals. So I was really excited to see whether we could recreate that with Oli Palmer. Um, I'm still excited to see to see him and Pig together, you know, when he is fully fit, so to speak, um, when he's had a bit more time, when we get the system right. But we weren't playing to his strengths uh, against Crawley. Um we tried a different formation against Barrow. I don't know. You know, we kind of were playing a five. Three, four, three. 
two two one. Yeah, yeah three four three. Um, with the one up front, I don't think that plays to his strengths either. Um, but yeah, it's. I don't want to write him off just yet. So I, again, I agree with what you're saying, uh, Jim. But I think it's. The, I think it's the first game that them two have played in Pig and Palmer together. Uh, and it lasted 60 minutes. And then he went like for like again. True, Well, not like for like because Truman's not Palmer. But I would have liked Longman. to see Palmer. Longman, sorry. I'd have liked to see Palmer and Longman play together because Pig was out that game against Crawley. I, I think they'd done a good job on him. Uh, the one thing i like to say to Crawley fans who were giving him a stick is Crawley fans, stop pretending that we're some kind of rival of yours. <laughs> it really annoys me. They think we're some kind of rival to them. Yeah. We don't give a shit about them. We've gone above them like we're always going to be. It was quite fun back in the day when we had them and it was all with Steve Evans and stuff like that. But yeah, they're not our rivals. They never will be our rivals. So just that one, give that a rest. Let's put that to bed. But uh, I've got a tweet because on the Twitter page, we, we asked people to give us a tweet, a moment of match, man of match. Uh, and I said about Barrow, one of our tweets from Dan Baker was, I think it has highlighted the lack of squad depth we have. We are a hardworking team with very little quality going forward. Uh, I think we, I think I have to agree with that. If you look at Riley, Woodyard, Chislett, Radoni, they all work hard in that midfield, uh, Hartigan. But attacking threat and, and creativity, I think we're really lacking that at the moment up front. And as I said, without Pig, I do worry where our goals are going to come from. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think Chislett shows glimpses uh, drifts in and out of games, um, you know, when he's hot, he's shit hot, um, but he's not shit hot often enough. Um, he just needs to be a bit more consistent. I'd say he's been one of our brighter players this season. Ridoni the same, um, maybe not to the same extent as Chislett, but um, yeah, I'd agree with that. We've got a lot of workhorses in midfield with no real creativity. Uh, and obviously, I think we did miss Woodyard against Crawley. Um, he looked knackered against Barrow. He looked out on his feet. Um, so I'm not surprised he didn't didn't start. Um, yeah. Where is that creative, cre- creativity going to come from? I think we've got to look at the positive sides, though, as well. That Rodoni's coming back from injury and looking like he's getting back to that player he was at the end of last season where he was making things work and making things tick. And again, another Hartigan... Uh, good game I thought he had against Barrow I thought he played well against Crawley uh, and he's getting better and better as well Hartigan I, I know some fans would disagree but I think we're seeing the best out of Hartigan with a Riley and a Radoni or a, Ry- a Woodyard and a Chislett in front of him so yeah I, I believe that we've got to look at some positives but yeah it's a bad week What put it into perspective for me about Radoni is uh, I noticed when he was warming up on Sunday how tall he's got you realise how young he is because he's still growing He's um he must be over six foot by now if he wasn't before um this season. And um I think we're really starting to see him kind of push on now and um he'll know in himself that this is a big season for him to to really make a statement and you know, put a stamp on the team and start starting more regularly. And um I think he's got all the abilities to do that. And I don't know what it is, but um for me, left footed footballers just tend to seem a bit better technically than right-footed footballers. I don't know if you guys agree, but I've always thought that um, when I think of left-footed footballers, obviously the great Maradona, rest in peace, uh, Lionel Messi, Iron Robin, they just have that kind of technique that right-footers don't seem to have. It's just a theory I have, but yeah. See, that's where I'm lucky. I was a 
On that note, shall we uh, move on to next week? The games are moving yeah. to Wednesday, the Peterborough game? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so what do we reckon? I'm not looking forward to that game at all, to be fair. Uh, they're on great form in the league. I know they've just been beat by Chorley. Uh, which is a cup upset, but they've got they can score goals. Uh, we're bad at the back. We can't. We don't look like we're going to score goals. So yeah, I'm not. I, I, if we can get a draw, I'll be chuffed a bit to that. I think. I think we can do it. Just because we've shown enough in the league, specifically, um, you know, maybe taking Gillingham out of the equation, that we can create chances and. And one of these days, we're going to have a game where we're going to put all of those chances away. I'm not saying it will be on Wednesday, but I do fancy us because, like Finch, you just mentioned, Peterborough haven't been in the most consistent form. And, and if Surely can do it, why can't we? So let's just give it our best and learn from the mistakes we made on Sunday and, and hopefully get a positive result. And I have to agree, though, a draw would be a good result because they're a top team. And they'll be right up there, as they as they usually are in this league. Uh, I can't see us getting a point uh, to Peterborough. <laughs> Ever the optimist. Um, yeah, I think obviously it'd be great to bounce back. You know, if if Glennon can, you know, get at them and put a rocket up their ass, then maybe you know they can pull a decent performance. But if we play like how we've been playing over the past two weeks, you know, yeah, I, I can't see it. I can't see it because like, like Finchie said, um, they're going to be, they're, they're scoring goals. I, even if we do create chances, I still think they'll score more than us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go on, Lee. Yeah, sorry. I just, uh, is it, a, is it a home away? I, I can't, because I've just, so many games. So it's Plow Lane. One of the things I've noticed about Plow Lane, right, it, it looks amazing and it's going to be amazing. But the pitch... Pitch looks massive, Very it's wide. wide as well. I think we're struggling with that. And and I don't want to make excuses for the team. We've, we're trying to get our attacking fullbacks up and down the pitch. But I think if teams come to us who can play, who can pass around, who can then sit like Crawley did, sit in as well, I think we're really struggling with getting used to the pitch at Plough Lane. And I think that might be one of the factors of our home, home games at the moment, where we, we're struggling with the size of the pitch. Well, I remember I was, I can't remember, I was listening to something and uh, they were talking about uh, Stoke when they used to be the team that everyone used to hate playing against. They, if Man United were, play, were coming down to the Britannia, you know, they'd have a 11 v 11 game in like this middle of the pitch the day before, um, you know, cut it all up. So when you're Paul Scholes or your Stephen Gerrards or whoever, they have to take two or three touches before, before they can, work, instead of spraying passes left, right and centre. Um, do we want to make Plough Lane more of a fortress in that way? Um, in, in Sacrificing the wide wing-back fluid formation that obviously isn't doing us too much, uh, too, too well at the minute. I don't want to go back uh, over it too much, great. but um, I was told by someone at the club that the pitch is exactly the same size as Kings Meadow, believe it or not. See, I thought it was wider the first time I saw it, like you guys. But I think it's because the, the stands aren't as close to the pitch as they were at Kings Meadow. 
it gives you that impression that it's a lot wider than it actually is. And I was told like Lynn specifically wanted the pitch to be the same size as it was at King's Meadow. Um, I'd have to get official confirmation on that, but that's what I've been told. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, makes sense. If you could, mate, yeah. that'd be yeah. great. Makes sense to be fair. It does seem wider. Yeah. I agree. Um, before, obviously, that's been quite a um, somber conversation. I do have a bit of uh, good news. Uh, one of our listeners from Finland, Mark from Finland, has been in contact uh, with the correct, pronu- correct pronunciation of uh, Oxenen. <laughs> uh, so, thank you, Mark from Finland. Uh, it's yeah. Yarko Oxenen. So uh, that's because of me. What, last did, week, what did you call yeah. him? Jacko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just because <laughs> Jacko. Jacko. Was it Mark? Yarko, Yarko Oxenen. Yarko Oxenen. Okay. Cheers, yeah. Mark. Thanks very much. Cheers, Mark. So now we move on to a little Q and A session with Chris. Uh, who, if you've forgotten already, is the Back to Plough Lane Matchday Programme Editor. Uh, I guess we should start with, how did you become the editor, Chris? So, um, like quite a few people uh, at the start of this year, sadly I got made redundant from uh, my previous role, where I was just a standard football journalist. Um, I loved that job, so I was was obviously very gutted, and then spent uh, the first week kind of thinking, oh, what am I going to do now? And then I was just applying for loads of jobs. I ended up doing uh, removals for um, for about a week or so. Um, not the most physical kind of bloke, but uh, it, it got the money in, so it was all right. <laughs> um, and then I literally got a call from Ivor Heller, who who I had a good relationship prior to, to taking on this role. And he sort of said, oh, I've got an opportunity for you. I said, okay. And then he was like, do you want to be the program editor? I was like, yeah. I just said, yeah, straight away. I'm not going to hesitate at all. Um, not not only because <laughs> it's a bad situation in the job market, it was more, oh, my God, I want to work for the club I, I love and I you know, supported my whole life. So I couldn't I couldn't accept it quick enough. And, um, yeah, that's, that's how it came about, really, and just went from there. And why back to Plough Lane? Because, obviously, that's new from this because... season. Everything we're doing this season centres around that. I know, and it breaks my heart, that we're not going to be there in a full stadium for God knows how long. And I think it's so important that we, we had that kind of preview show before the Doncaster game. And it it really sort of made it more of an event, even though we couldn't be there in, in, in a kind of a physical aspect. Um, but yeah, I was literally just sitting there in my room with a notepad and I literally thought, what what could I call this programme? Because I sort of identified we never given our programme a name. I think back in the Combined Counties days, it was called Yellow and Blue, something like that. Yeah, Lee, yeah. Lee's nodding his head. He can confirm that better than me. Because um, I was only a, I was only a little nipper back then. <laughs> you're trying to say I'm old? <laughs> well, you know, you're more experienced <laughs> than me. We'll just say that. Um, That's true. And then, yeah, I just bought BCPL. I think good, good abbreviation for Bats Plough Lane. And yes, yeah, it's, it's just um, it's rung true, and a lot of people seem to like it. So as long as as long as the masses like it, I'm happy. So yeah, it just went from there, really, mate. Sounds good. Nice. That sounds good, Chris. Uh, you you touched on fans, and obviously fans not being allowed to go to Plough Lane. Uh, have you found it difficult with no fans? The program is such a uh, 
a big part of the match day experience of getting out online and people not actually going there and buying the program because for me going by my son one so he can read it on the train home have you found that kind of difficult yeah in a way i mean um obviously the whole match day digital aspect of it is is really new for us as a club but at the same time i think you always have to move forward and um with us being AFC Wimbledon, we're we're obviously a very important advocate of that. Like we've always tried to look forward. Um, even when we, you know, when we went up to the Ryman League, we wanted to get promotion. When we all got to Conference South, we wanted to get promotion. Conference Premier promotion didn't matter about budget. Nothing should hold us back. Um, Mark Jones said something really pointed to me uh, a couple of weeks ago. He said it should always be as good as it can be. You should never do the minimum, you should always do the maximum. Like our fan base is very talented. We've got a lot of talented people in this fan base that we don't always tap into. We do a lot, but not enough. And we can always do better. So I wouldn't say it's been too hard because a lot of people have bought into the digital aspect. But at the same time, I understand that people want that physical product. And I have to admit, I was so proud when we'd done the special edition for the Doncaster game. Receiving that mm. coming come through the post, even for me, was just was crazy. And I'd looking at it for weeks, obviously, and working on it. And then just <laughs> to see it in front of me, it was just like, wow, I actually, actually have like a printed version of my work. It was just great. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think people are starting to get used to the digital digital aspect, and I certainly think it's something that can be improved in the future. Um, but I don't think football should ever eradicate physical programs because you need that. And it's nice to open up an old programme and go, oh, yeah, I remember that game. He scored He scored an absolute screamer. Like, just little things like that. It's a nice memento to have. So I don't think mm. we could ever fully get rid of it. No, I totally agree. And you, you know what you should do? You should get that programme. You should get it signed by the team. Mm. And then you should get it put on your wall because that's a great wow. bit of memorabilia for yourself and saying that you can look back on with your kids or yeah. say, look, this is what I did. And, and that would be a great bit for yourself funny you should say that um my mum was talking to me the other day she was like oh um what do you want for christmas i was like oh, i don't you know I don't want too much i'm mid-20s now mum she was like i was like oh i was like oh i was thinking i might i might get my first program framed and she was like oh don't do that i was like why she's like i've already got it done for you i was like so, yeah, that's, that's, that's christmas room for me but now i've got something nice to look forward to and it'll be it'll be nice to have it on the wall definitely that's good, man. That's good. Uh, going back, we all, we've already mentioned it. That you're you're a big Wimbledon fan. I've been on many away days with yourself. Yeah. Have you have you found that you've had added pressure as you are a Wimbledon fan? So you've got to put your own stint on it, but also you've got to kind of cut back a little bit from your own kind of feelings. Um, I'd probably say so over the first one because when I took on the role, we literally had about just over a week to get the Plymouth one ready and and out. So that was tough. Like that was. I really put like my abilities to the test. I mean, I've never been an editor before, especially not of anything like this on this scale. So for me to come into a new role and get that first program out of the way, that kind of took the weight off my shoulders. Um, but I'd say I thrive on the pressure really, because I want to make it better every time. I don't want it to be the same every week. And um, people will definitely see that as we go through, like there's plenty of new things in the pipeline that, I'll probably come on to later. Um, but yeah, like I wouldn't say I feel the pressure anymore because as long as you're organised and you've got good contributors who are willing to 
give you their best efforts and, and get their work to you on time, then you're fine. Like I've had people like Arash, um, Lee, you'll know Arash from, from Away Days. He's contributed a either. couple of good articles. Uh, one's coming up in the Peterborough program, actually. Um, really good one on Robbie Earl, which people will love. And then you've also got um, my mate Ethan, who I used to work with. He's another journalist. He he wrote about um, about how Wimbledon fans have been or feeling, obviously being on the outside and not getting to go to foul lane and stuff like that. So you get just having different angles in every program and just keeping it interesting. That's that's what I think keeps the pressure off me because if it was the same every week, a lot of people will get bored of it and then maybe I would feel the pressure. So you recently interviewed Scott Wagstaff for the programme, didn't you? He was in the, uh, was it the Crawley yeah. programme? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was he, you right? Lovely bloke, lovely bloke. Um, he was one of the ones I was really gutted about leaving during the summer. Um, but unfortunately... As as he outlined in that interview, um, it was because of because of COVID and financial constraints on the club. But um, yeah, hopefully we'll see him back at Plough Lane one day soon. What um, what ex Don's player or mm. ex Wimbledon FC player uh, would you no, like? That's got to be Vinnie Jones for me, hundred percent. Vinnie Jones, that's the one. On top of Funny my thing list. about Vinnie Jones. Uh, do you think he's a uh, he's a fake hard man like like our Mister? I don't know. I think I think Finch, you would be able to answer that better than me. I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the, the so-called younger lot. Finchy, what do you think? I got I, I got absolutely mullered for this comment on uh from my mates on WhatsApp saying stop trying to be Adrian Durham with clickbait answers, <laughs> right? And it was nothing to do with that. I picked Ben Thatcher in a five-a-side team because he's a real hard man. Vinnie Jones might have been a little bit of a hard man when he was playing football, but he's gone more into the movie side, so now he's a movie hard man. Thank you very much, Jake. Mm. Speaking of five-a-side teams, <laughs> uh, Lee, I, I don't know if you thought you got away with this, but uh, I'd just like to thank everyone that voted for me in the Twitter <laughs> Twitter poll, which crowns me and my inspired Marcus Gale pick uh, <laughs> victorious. Right. Uh, how are you feeling about that, Lee? Well, you all right? Well, I, I won that vote, so... I won the five-a-side vote. Because, vote of fraud. Yeah, 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 because again, <laughs> again, because everyone I know said, do not vote for Finchie. Oh. Don't vote for, for, vote for the other lad. And I was oh, like, well, there's two lads. Cool. Here we go. Right, so I've got absolutely stitched up again. And you take your victory, Jamie. Well played. I will well take my victory because I won. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> well done. You know. Right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's so move what's on. Your, what's your five-a-side team? Uh, I've got it written down on my hand here. So if you had to pick one. Uh, I went for Rambo. <laughs> I've gone for AFC Wimbledon players because that's more my era. Sorry, lads. Um, can see, can see Finchie like, grimacing in the corner there. <laughs> nah, see, it's all good. Uh, uh, obviously, Rambo in goal, you know. Everyone knows what he's gone on to achieve since he's he's had his chance in the Premier League. Um, I've gone for Terrell Thomas because I think out of all of the centre-backs we've had in the AFC Wimbledon era, he's probably one of the best on the ball. So in five-a-side, he'd be all right at getting, getting out of tight spaces. Vinci, I know you're shaking your head again, but just hear me out, hear me out. And then uh, midfield, uh, if you if you really class five-a-side as having a midfield, Jake Reeves. Quality, probably the best midfielder we've had in central areas since the uh, since the reformation in two thousand two. Lyle Taylor, 
can't can't not leave him out. Best striker we've had in the AFC Wimbledon era. And obviously he's gone on to achieve even more since leaving. And then Danny Cadwell, probably one of my main Wimbledon heroes. Watching him in the conference in that promotion season and the seasons prior to that playing up top with Johnny Main. Quality. Can't say a bad word about him. So that would be my five-a-side team. So you've uh, ventured away from the the uh, standard one-two-one formation. Is that uh, one-one-two? Is that where you're at? I think we'd have to ask Reeves to uh, track back a bit to to help Terrell out a bit. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Very attacking. Yeah, it is. I, I'm, Unorthodox. I've literally I've got to pick up on a few points here. Right. <laughs> Rambo's picked in most most teams, and and Rambo is a class goalkeeper. Yeah. Right. He's going to probably go on to really big things, but every club he goes to ends up in a relegation dogfight or they end up mm. going down. He's like the Herman of Riders. <laughs> he, like, yeah, I was thinking that the other day. He's gone to Sheffield United. They're probably going down this year. He went to Chessfield. They mm. went down. We literally just stayed up last day. Who else did he go? Bournemouth. They went down. So, if you want to get relegated in the five-a-side league, but, well, it's coincidence. End of the day, uh, he's yeah. had the privilege of being on Gary Belton's shoulders. So, that's that's a privilege <laughs> yeah, in yeah, itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He should be happy with that. And, and, and one thing I've got to pick up: Terrell Thomas at the back. That is a shocking choice because you're not going to get him on a five-a-side pitch because he's going to be too busy playing play, PlayStation Five. <laughs> so you're going to you're going to text him with like, "Oh look, we got an eight o'clock kickoff tonight," and he's going to come back, Chris. Sorry, mate, I'm playing like Call of Duty at the moment. <laughs> so you're, you're missing a player there. I give you Jake Reed. Jake Reed was a wonderful yeah. footballer for us. Uh, I think. He made a mistake by leaving. I think he would have still been with us. And then he suffered injuries when he went to Bradford. Mm. And I hope he does really work in Oscar. Yeah. Uh, you shout about Lyle Taylor. Lyle Taylor probably will is the one of the best strikers we ever had. But John Main, for me... It was hard to leave Mainy out, striker. I have to admit. Um, I literally just went for Taylor because he'd obviously done it at a higher level. That's that's the only reason. Uh, it's a good team. Jay, what do you think of Chris's team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've got the best team. Thank you, guys. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't think you'd beat oh, my okay. team. <laughs> you know, I mean, I agree with the Terrell Thomas shout. I think that's a bit. <laughs> um, but Reeves is a good shout. We haven't seen many Reeveses on uh, no. on Twitter. Where other fans sent yeah, their teams. I, mean, so I think Reeves is a great shout. I think what I remember most from the playoff final, actually, the League Two playoff final against Plymouth, was was Bullman and Reeves and how much they ran like how much effort they put. If you watch the highlights that, Reeves and Bournemouth are the ones steaming forward to support Taylor and Elliot most of the game. And then obviously when Bayo came on, we sort of had a few more chances from crosses and stuff, but usually most of the play was going through the middle. Just after Taylor scored, Reeves put Fuller in and he probably should have scored to make it 2-0 or squared it. And yeah, they, they just had such an impact on that team and they, they were really were like the engine room like I don't want to use too many cliches, but yeah, that's the, probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> well, that, that 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 season, that was the best uh, Wimbledon team, yeah, or AFC Wimbledon team, and ever. We sh- we shouldn't have uh, we yeah. shouldn't have let them go either. Bournemouth should still be a Wimbledon player now. Mm. I think you should see but, could see his energy yeah. on Sunday. But yeah. mm. Jamie and what is forty one something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. Go on, Lee. Could, could, that's an end to that now. Yeah, we're not going to discuss your you winning a five side team again now. Okay, my best five side so, team. According to according I've to I've been people. absolutely stitched up. You won. That's the end of that. All right. Just let me have it, please. Right. <laughs> right. My my next question for Chris, right? Which he kind of stepped on him earlier. I was gonna, I was going to butt in, but I thought, no, I'm 
I better leave him. What what can we expect going forward with the program? Do you have again like people like Scott Wagstaff you had on? Are you going to get people back in? Is there old school Wimbledon AFC Wimbledon players you're thinking about maybe trying to get them into? Hundred percent. I mean, I kind of uh, felt like I need to do a bit more of that when I interviewed Brownie and and Dave Anderson for the for the special edition. It was so good to go back over those glory days of uh, the early the earlier years of, of AFC Wimbledon. And yeah, I definitely want to get. Kebwell and and the main down for for maybe a double interview at the same time. I enjoyed doing, uh, well, it's basically a four way with with either Mark, Trevor, and Chris. That was well, yeah, Kinky. not not the best four way <laughs> you could ever have, but anyway. Best move, moving away from from that idea and that image. Um, no, what I was going to say is they'd never done anything like that before. And they said that to me. They said it was nice to sit down and talk about that time together as a group. So I want to do things that haven't been done before. And getting Kebwell and Maine in the room, for example, and, and getting some really good professional photography to go with that would be lovely. And, and just to talk to them, like I try to make my interviews a bit more casual. Don't want it to be too formal. I want them to feel comfortable and be able to give the answers they want to give rather than what they think people might want to hear. Like, I don't mind if they're negative about stuff. It's important they tell their truth and what they really feel about something. Lee? If you if you want it casual, mate, just take them down the pub. Yeah. I'm sure after a couple of pints under Kedwell, he's going to be well, <laughs> pretty casual. He'll be telling you first, everything, mate. I remember going out engaged. First interview I ever done <laughs> as a journalist was with Ian Holloway in a pub in North London, and it was class. It was 25. It was only meant to be 15 minutes. He ended up keeping me about half an hour. That guy can talk for England, but... Obviously, he used to be at Wimbledon as well, so I was talking to him about that. It was quality, yeah. I think pub settings just makes feel people feel at ease, as as you know. Obviously, after a few points, <laughs> but yeah, no, just just keeping things interesting, really. Um, there's so many things we can do with it. I'll, I'll be here all night if I if I went through all my ideas, but obviously, got to keep things confidential. What comes out? Uh, look, yeah. last question. Um, is are there any football program awards like the World Cup of football programs? Uh, and absolutely, yeah, no, I think I've seen there's an there's some EFL awards. I know there's definitely one for the Premier League. I, I'd need to do my research, but I'm pretty sure there's some EFL awards for best program. I'd love to win it, but um, you know, I don't know what most of the competition is like at the moment because obviously not all of them are producing physical programs. Some are doing a digital, a lot of the ones in the division and this, this isn't me being arrogant. I don't put too much into it. I feel like a lot of clubs just think, Mm. Oh, they can kind of give their supporters the same thing every week, but we don't want to do that. Like I said, it needs to be as good as it can be. I don't want it to be average. I want it to be really good. And eventually fingers crossed we can have, have some printed ones back and it'd be nice for people to be sending me pictures or, or posting pictures of, of their, their copy of Back to Plough Lane and, and saying that they really enjoy it. Like we got with a special edition. A lot of people done that and I was chuffed to be honest. Absolutely chuffed. I was so proud. So proud to, to kind of represent this club and yeah, I think if there's an award, I'd, I'd definitely be gunning for it. 100% mate. Uh, so next we'll be talking about our return to Plough Lane and about how we'd be able to bring back some of that old school atmosphere uh, with us.
So we are now into our final topic for this evening, chaps, which is Plough Lane. More specifically, the atmosphere at Plough Lane. Uh, unfortunately, I was born a little bit too late to watch us play at Plough Lane, so I still haven't seen my team play at home. Lee, I know you've got some great ideas uh, for anything you'd want to make a return to add to that atmosphere. Well, again, I'm, unfortunately, I didn't go to Plough Lane either. I never watched the game at Plough Lane. I played on it just before they uh, demolished it. and I had a little game on there, which was brilliant. But yeah, I've never seen women play at Plough Lane either. I just wanted to talk about old school things that we could do, get bring back that modern football has lost, that we could bring back to Plough Lane and make the atmosphere brilliant. So one of my first games I went to see to was Wimbledon versus Spurs at Sellers Park. And it's when the Homestale Road at Sellers Park was terrace, open terrace. Tottenham had about 4,000, 5,000 fans in there. We were in the White Horse Lane and it was just really electric atmosphere. And then as the teams come out, all this toilet roll just got thrown onto the pitch. Like tons of it. Everyone just, you hold it at the end and you just love this toilet roll. And I just thought, this is brilliant. And it just sent chills down my back and everything. It was brilliant. And uh, watching the keeper trying to get, I think it was Storstead. What's his name? I can't. Finland. Finland again. Storstead. Tottenham goalkeeper. Mark, if you're listening, can you help, uh, <laughs> can you help me out? Please? Read some help. <laughs> I'm Essex, and I'm from Essex originally. So I can't pronounce his words. And then, uh, yeah, there was loads of toilet roll. And another one, I was speaking to my mates about the other day. One of my mates, Glyn, he used to go home from school. He used to paint or colour in newspaper blue, cut it all up into little shreds, put it in a bag, and then he'd rip up the yellow pages. Uh, you two are probably too young for the yellow pages. <laughs> but he'd, he'd, he'd rip up the yellow pages, rip it all up. That was Google back in the day, if you needed telephone numbers and stuff. <laughs> but he'd rip up all these yellow pages and he'd put it in a bag as well. Like, tons of it as well. Take it to the game. And then just as the team was coming out, you throw it up in the air. So it's all blue and yellow. Like, and then, again, another idea would be balloons. Uh, and I'm not talking about the balloons that you see on an away day. Your, your normal balloons <laughs> that you blow up, you put a little knot in, and then, you like Wembley. When we went to Wembley mm. against Plymouth in the player final, all the balloons, all the ticker tape, the only thing it was missing was toilet roll, which we'd probably have to wait till after the pandemic to do because... People yeah. would be going mad if you're, you're buying 54 toilet rolls just to throw at a, a stadium. But I think that's what we can do to bring back the atmosphere at Flower Lane. Yeah, I, f- I think those are great ideas, mate. Um, I don't know whether uh, whoever has to clean that up will be too happy with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's a lot of environment issues at the minute in in today, like, to you know, nowadays. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Launching <laughs> tons and tons of toilet roll at a goalkeeper. Um, isn't that you know, not a keeper? Isn't going to save the planet, you know? David Attenborough is fuming. He's listening to this podcast. <laughs> Hi, David. Uh, so, right, bro. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, I, oh, I would love, I would love for something like that to happen. But is there a more sustainable alternative to, you know? Can I just, you know can I I just mean? say you're not, you're not throwing it at the keeper. You're not like trying to hit him with it. What are you aiming it's at? It's as they come out. No, you're just aiming to get it over the goal. Oh, okay. so it's just big. It's like sheets. It's, it's like, it's amazing. you ever seen it? Google it again, toilet roll at football matches. And it's just, it is brilliant. And I get the environment. It's all PC nowadays, isn't it? You can't do anything like, oh, the environment. Just roll it back up, put it in, back in the box. I reckon if you love the, love the 
a toilet roll a striker's bond to probably get a penalty from VAR. No, nowadays. <laughs> well, if you, if you put it on one of our strikers, Bonds, he'll probably go over the bar. <laughs> he come back at us. Brilliant. No, um, I, I think... Um, sorry, Jamie, go No, ahead, go on. No, you're off to you, mate. I was just going to say, um, from what from what I've been hearing and where people are saying their season tickets are, I think we're going to have the atmosphere more spread out. We've got a few of the lads on in the East stand near, near the away end. Big up Finchie and the lads. All the, all the boys in the WhatsApp group, if you're if you're listening, I hope you are. You better be. And then um, obviously we've got the new South Stand, which will be basically the Chemflo. So we're going to have a bit more atmosphere, sort of at both ends, like we did at Kings Meadow. But ho- hopefully the whole of the East Stand will be rocking. The South Stand will obviously be rocking, and um, really just make it a tough place for for away teams to come. I think to be honest, if we had we, we had a packed out house against Crawley on Sunday. Who knows? Maybe it would have. Maybe if would have got us got us that win and sort of drove the team on a bit. I think um, I think the players definitely feel it when the fans aren't there. And maybe you see it in their performances sometimes, but um, they'd be better answering it than me. Yeah. Do you think that uh, the away end placement is important, and also this the the size of the the size of the away end obviously is going to be more away fans in there more often than not than Kings Meadow. Um, Obviously, when we were at Kings Meadow before the uh, Nongshim slash John Green stand was mm. erected, um, that was the away end, wasn't it? And sometimes you'd get away away fans in the end, seemed to produce a better atmosphere than down the side. Yeah, I think the away away end is going to be huge this year for for us and and for away teams because they're going to be able to pack in more. I think it was eight hundred they could have a at Kings Meadow, mm. half of it was under, half of it wasn't. Can you imagine Portsmouth bringing? I don't know how much the away end is going to hold for away fans because it won't go all the way through because we've got the screen now. But the away end is going to be packed most weeks. Portsmouth, say we did bring a loot in, Crawley would have packed it out on on Sunday. Mm. Uh, I th- think you're right, Chris. Where we have got season tickets and and, and people in different areas, it's going to make it louder. And also, we've got the jumbo screen. So, hopefully, we do not bring back the thing that they used to do at Palace with their stupid jumbo screen where they used to have the clapping hands and come on you dons. If they brought that back on the screen, that screen's going to get demolished. <laughs> oh, oh, I yeah. used to quite like that screen. <laughs> well, the clapping at yeah. come on you I was, dons. On, I was only know, about five, though, mate. So, you yeah. know, easily pleased. Not, not having that at all. Uh, that definitely sounds like a Sam Haman idea to me. I can't like that. <laughs> oh um, what do we reckon about walkout song? Do you think that do you think that would affect the atmosphere? I noticed on Sunday when the players came out for a warm up, we played We Are Wimbledon, and it was quite it's quite quite um, hairs on the back of your neck kind of thing. I suppose for me, well, you know, I was lucky enough to be there. Yeah, it is. It is shit not being there with with fans. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. It's a grown up. It's a grown up. I'm being potty mouth. Potty mouth. So maybe yeah, lay, being, off, being mouth. Um, lay off. Lay yeah. off the uh, the strong the, like the seat. No yeah, seat yeah. bombs. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Depends on yeah. I won't go that far. Depends on what you're dropping here, mate. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, it was it was good to have music for them walking out, and I think it would have got them a bit more pumped than just walking out in in dead silence. And I think that really got my hairs standing up. And I feel like it will get everyone else's hair stand up when we when we eventually pack it out. So I'd say, yeah, maybe a walkout song 
is a kind of necessity. And we've always had a walkout song, haven't we? I can't remember what that song was we had at King's Meadow. Um, you guys might know, I think, but I don't. I think we have to have We Are Wimbledon yeah. coming through. Can you imagine everyone singing yeah. that through all the whole stands? Yeah. We Are Wimbledon. be amazing. The other thing we can't do and I'd be fuming if we do, is if we score a goal and we have a song after the goal. No, I don't want that's that either. Yeah. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Right. So that's been ruled out straight away. I've ruled that out. I, I think Nothing that will on the happen. I think that will what? happen. I think there will be a song after the goal. Nah. nah. Right, well. Well, there always there was at Kings Meadow when we scored this music, isn't there? <laughs> no way. Is there not? Am I making that up? No, it's, no, it's just that's that Mikey T screaming down the mic. <laughs> yeah, I think that was called The Crowd, mate. <laughs> Singing. Was it? Oh, no. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've never had any music. Really. Oh, I'm making that up then. But yeah, fair no enough. songs after goals. Nothing on the Jumbotron telling up. Is it a Jumbotron or is it a giant screen? Because it's quite a fairly old good screen, that one. The um, Yeah, it's it's pretty big. And I'd say the PA system's really good at the new grounds as well. Like, well, is it? I think someone I think someone accidentally had the volume turned up too much when they put We Are Wimbledon on. But um, yeah, it sounded amazing. But yeah, no, the screen's not that big. Um, but we can certainly make use of it, definitely. It looks big in the picture, but is it is it going to be working this time? It ain't going to be like the screen. It, uh, it wasn't yeah. ready. It wasn't ready on Sunday, but yeah, we'll, hopefully it'll be working on Wednesday night. Fingers crossed. Yeah. We we so haven't we'll had always... much luck with uh, scoreboards, have we? Nah, nah, unfortunately no. not. No, <laughs> we're getting right. ten, ten, ten toilet rolls, a load of uh, yellow pages, coloured in blue newspaper. And we've got ourselves on that. But I, I think the atmosphere at Kings Meadow, the way the ground's laid out, I think it's going to be brilliant anyway. And I think the away fans will have a massive impact in that as well. Because if they're singing, if, they're, if there's a red cars incident, if there's something that's happening, mm. so I, I agree with you, uh, Chris, on Crawley. I think it would have been a different game if there was fans in yeah. there. But again, I think Crawley would have had a thousand because for some reason they want a rivalry. With well, you know, yeah, their fans would have been <laughs> given it, given it to us. Yeah, and I, and I would have loved given that. I would have loved that in the I'd have loved that in the corner. Yeah, oh, 100%. absolutely loved it. Mm. Yeah, no. Uh, what What about the? Uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Fulham. Oh, uh, to Craven God, Cottage. Yeah. Mm. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Uh, the the clappers. Oh God. No, I'm not saying that I'm an advocate for them. <laughs> I'm just saying that obviously well, they that's... they they are the only club I can think of that use them. Um, they've kind of made it their yeah. own, haven't they? Um, I don't yeah, I don't agree with them. The lesser do them as well. They do the plastic ones where they no, fold it's in. like a little bit of paper and you whack it on your hand. <laughs> yeah, it's like a folded Leicester. up bit of paper. Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Should, you we, get, should we get some yellow and blue? You can hold them up and then, you know, it might say something, and then you fold them up and. I don't. Whack them. I don't mind the message before the oh. game holding them up, but yeah. After that, it's chuck them in the bin. Chuck them in Hayden's wheelie bin when he brings it round. Yeah. <laughs> Hayden, yeah. Recycle, guys. Right. Recycle. Done. There you go. That's that's that's, that's, that's the environment thing sorted. We're recycling. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Jamie, Jamie's comment with the clappers have gone straight in the bin. Yeah, yeah. Vivi Zaylas. <laughs> oh. I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say a neutral end for a minute. Oh, a neutral end. Put... Come on, be oh. not that bad. I thought you were going to say that. I was going to cross that. You were never. You, you were never coming back <laughs> off on the podcast again. Where's no. Boise? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. As I said. I do think the atmosphere at, at Plough Lane is going to be amazing. And also, people need to stop calling it New Plough Lane. No. Plough Lane. Plough Lane. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. We're going to get stick for that, but who cares? Yeah. We can take it. Plough Lane. Plough Lane. 
the Wombles are coming home. And and I also think we're not home until every single fan is in that stadium. Mm. And once they I will cry my eyes out as soon as them players walk out of the tunnel. So I've lobbed four toilet rolls. My balloons have gone up, my ticker tape, and I'm in there in tears. Yeah. Save some, can't wait for that. Day. Save some of the tissue for the tears, isn't it? And then, <laughs> yeah, that's me, then you are being environmental, as, as Jamie mentioned yeah. earlier. I was going to say, Double Andy, yeah. I was going to say what I like, what they've done is they've created this area behind the south stand that people from the east stand can go into, which will kind of replicate the outside uh, kind of car park zone where we used to drink at King's Meadow. So before the mm. game, you're just meeting a big bunch of your mates and it'll just be, it'll just be like it was before. And we won't lose that because we're going to a new stadium. I feel with us, we're, we're moving to a new stadium that is our home. Whereas you take mm. someone like West Ham, they've gone from their home, from that match day routine of Upton Park to the London Stadium, which is corporate. It's a bowl. They're nowhere near the pitch. They, they, the relationship between the players and the fans has never been so bad at that club. And we are moving home. And if anything, it's going to get so much better. Like The relationship's going to be even more better. You've got the facilities to host dinners and stuff where you can have a Q&A with a Wimbledon legend. Obviously, we had that at Kings Meadow, but we didn't have enough space. Now we can maximise the space and everything's just going to be 10 times better. And I just can't wait. Like like Lee says, I can't wait for, for the day we pack out. And and I'll be I'll be happy to I see think... people getting emotional because, you know, so many people put stuff into this. We've all put stuff into this to get to where we are and we deserve it. I've... We deserve it more than any other fan base in the country. I think you're spot on there with the point you make. And also, like, some of the little things I've seen is the signage. It hasn't got bar, it's got pub. Mm. So it's got yeah. like, and then you've also, as you said, West Ham's gone to a corporate stadium. I think we're mixing it quite well. Mm. We have got our corporate facilities for our corporate customers yeah. and our corporate fans. But we we are got that, it's a lovely little, and then we've got the, the nice stands for the fans mm. to go in. We've got that area, as you said, we've got the bar, the pub. It is all spot on, I think, at the moment. Because I was dread when we said we were only going to have one stand a shell. I was like, "Shit, this is going to mm. be awful." But when you look at it, you think, "Oh my god, that is our, as you said, our home, and that is Wimbledon's home." Mm. But what I will say, like when we when we had that discussion and we spoke about outside investment, once again, the qualities in our fan base came to the fore, and the Plough Lane bond came about, and we turned it all around. If that should be any lesson to anyone. We should always listen to our fans. It doesn't matter where, wh- how we're doing, whether we're doing really well or whether we're bottom of the league. We should always listen to our fans because you know that's what made the club. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to be one of those person people and says the cliche. At least we have a club. But yeah, we have a club. But we should always look to make it better <laughs> and, and listen to our fans. And um, what I'll also say is, and I noticed this on Sunday again. Sorry, talking about being at the game all the time. I shouldn't shouldn't be doing it, really. I feel really bad when I talk about it. Uh, no, man, with the West just, Stands, the dugout is literally here and the first row of seats are literally right next to it. So you can have a conversation with whoever's on the bench if you wanted. So we won't lose that connection that we used to have when players would come out the tunnel and when you're at Kings Meadow, you can talk to them so easily because they're literally right there. You'll still have that. And um, I'm pretty confident that the players will want to come in the bar after the game and have a drink with us. Hopefully after a win, um, maybe not after a defeat, but you know, I don't think we'll lose that. We'll, we won't lose that. Don't don't push it. Nah. <laughs> don't, nah, don't push it. The last, I just want to say one thing, and I, I make you totally right, uh, Chris. 
this is for everyone, mm. though. This is everyone. Literally, the person who went to Sandhurst who bought a match ticket there to someone who bought, bought the Back to Power Lane program for the Doncaster game. Everyone who's put one pound into the club, who's gone to one game. You, this is for every fan. Mm. And Plough Lane is going to be amazing once we get there. Uh, and I can't wait. And I can't wait for the atmosphere. And I think we can make mm. it the best atmosphere of Wimbledon's history. 100%. 100%. 100%. I think... Um, so. Sorry, mate. Um, no, on. I think with with us, there there is a reason why so many other teams kind of admire us. And, you know, when you tell people... I don't know if you get... When, uh, say, you just uh, someone's just started at your work and they're like, oh, who do you support? You're just talking about football. And then you say Wimbledon, they go, oh, oh who's your Premier League team? And I'm like, I, I, I don't have one, mate. I support Wimbledon. Like, I'm pleased about yeah. that. And he's like, oh, fair yeah. play to you. And he's always like, oh, yeah, I've always looked out for them. Or, or I used to play as them and football manager. And I really love their story. Like, that's not even me just saying that. I hear people say that a lot. And we really are like... I think we've all had those kinds yeah, of conversations, exactly. mate. Because it's one of the best yeah. things about being a Wimbledon fan. Mm. If I'm honest I'm... with you. I'm the totally opposite. I want everyone to hate us. I don't want people well, yeah. to love us. I don't care because I, I hate near enough every mm. team out there. I want them to say, "Oh, you support Wimbledon? Oh, we think you're shit. You're yeah. a little club. You're nothing." I, I prefer that to be mm. fair. But yeah, anyone who says, "Oh, what Premiership team you are?" I just turn around and say, "Yeah, I'm not talking to you anymore about mm. football, mate." <laughs> See you later. Te- technically, we are hated because Crawley have created a rivalry out of nothing, and by that, like, there is no rivalry. Their big derby match. There is no rivalry. There is no rivalry. Yeah, yeah well, we'll just say it for their sake in case they're listening. Let them, let them, yeah. let them keep that in their heads. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're still going so to we'll, uh... really. That's the truth of it. Oh, Kebbo. He ended up leaving that end of that season anyway. Yeah, well, going to Gillingham, yeah. local club, that's all right. Boyhood club. He boyhood broke my heart. Club. Broke my yeah, heart. Yeah, he did. Did me and all. <laughs> so, I think we'll... End it there, boys. Enjoy it. Lovely. Very good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks very much for coming on. No Chris. worries. Thanks for having me, boys, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by Twitter at Wombles Dream or via Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.